We continue with our sermon series on the, on the teachings of Jesus. What did Jesus say then, and, and how does it make sense to our lives now? I think it's been a challenging sermon series, and I hope, um, I hope it's been thought-provoking. I hope it's been helpful. I hope it's been uh, kind of nurturing of your, of your lives. O Lamb of God, we gather at your feet to hear your words. Help us to listen and to learn. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. Amen. So today we're talking about turning the other cheek. It's very familiar, isn't it? Who hasn't, who hasn't heard of this? Yeah, it's very disturbing. Are we actually supposed to be doing that? It's so counterintuitive to our human survival instincts. So, it must be from Jesus, and it must be for our good, because it doesn't immediately make sense. And you'll be glad to know that the Jesus Seminar gives it a, Jesus almost certainly said this verdict, which for them is high praise of confidence for a group that has a hard time being confident. So, we take it strongly to heart and listen well. Because it does seem that good things for us usually are hard things for us. Today's passage is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is teaching about the greater righteousness of the love command and he explains it in contrast to uh, traditional teachings that folk might have had in their head at the day when they were hearing him. You have heard it said, he says, but I say to you. First part of it is the, the modeling of the greater righteousness in general, that love shows no partiality, that love isn't predatory. He talks about love and marriage. And then he specifically kind of tweaks it to dealing with his disciples. And he, he talks about how love is unconditionally truthful. And how love does not retaliate. That's, that's today's passage. And then how love extends to enemies. Now remember, he's speaking not to abolish the laws, the law and the prophets, but rather to fulfill them, to continue their work. The general understanding of this passage, larger passage of the Sermon on the Mount, is that it's the inauguration, inauguration of the kingdom of God. Jesus is constantly presenting how, how the new creation how the kingdom of God is to be. Its qualities, its values, its identity, its promise, 
and how we as disciples are to behave within this new creation, this kingdom of God. And, and that in so, in so many ways, for, for so many of Jesus' lessons, is, is really the key thing. He's talking about the kingdom of God, what it looks like, and how you're to be in it. And how that way when you're in it might be a little different than the way of the world. The classical understanding of the kingdom of God is that it is now and it is not yet. It is upon us, though not yet fulfilled fully among us. As disciples, we are commissioned to help the kingdom of God become. So in the face of systemic evil, you know, racism, poverty, hateful and harmful people, terrorists, very selfish, curmudgeons, all sorts of folk, we are to act righteously with a with a humble holiness as disciples of Christ Jesus the passage speaks to our calling as these disciples to manifest the qualities of the kingdom our calling to manifest the qualities of the kingdom and to strive further and further, to establish that kingdom, to establish, to build, to actualize, to make real among us. Kingdom maybe is an old-fashioned word, right, back in the kingdoms. What should we call it today? God's sovereignty? That's often used. To spread God's sovereignty where it reigns supreme. Does that help to say that instead of kingdom? That's what we're living into? So when we explore today's passage, it's, it's being struck. That's what you heard read. It's being sued and it's being constricted. Three acts are lifted up by Jesus. And, and of that, uh, Professor Eugene Boring writes as a commentary. The common denominator between these three elements is that they all are acts of aggression, acts of pressure from other people upon someone, upon you, that will get in the way, perhaps, most likely, of your own intentions, your own pursuits. And what is called for is a response in terms of the good and the needs of that other guy, the guy that's making it hard for you, rather than yourself. And so he writes, it's a matter of being secure enough in one's acceptance by God to enable one not to insist on their own rights. 
legal or otherwise, but empowering one to put those aside in the interest of others. And now that's a perspective that's affirmed by Paul in Paul's writings as well. And we see how it's, how it's counter to our, our natural inclination, yet, yet it's aligned with the fundamental orientation of our faith, though, isn't it? It's, it's just where the rubber is meeting the road of that orientation of our faith. And so it's, it's a little squeaky. It's a little dicey. And that has been the timeless challenge and the, and the universal dilemma of this simple, very direct passage and lesson. Now, he sees the lesson as a person-to-person -person kind of interaction. And he says, eh, it shouldn't be expanded to a, the larger public or group issues. You know, for example, I am offended by that person, yet I shouldn't strike back in kind to that person. Or I, I personally am appealed to for charity and I should give an extra measure of that charity. The consequences of my kingdom behaving affects only me and then who I extend that goodwill to. My decision, my decision to live out my call to love does not injure anybody around me. It's just my own business between me and God and the person that's making the impingement upon me. He tries to make this a little clearer and he says, cases, you know, cases not covered Are those that result in injury or death of others? Those aren't examples of what's being lifted up here by Jesus. When it is a matter of protecting the weak, that's protecting somebody else than you, protecting the weak or the oppressed, and setting aside, it's a matter of setting aside the structure of injustice when disciples of Christ must, he writes, in fact, be ready to resist evil. But it is a different matter when disciples are called to set aside their own rights for the good of others. So, this is a call to not retaliate in your personal interactions. Yet, 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 if you see injustice happening to others, you should oppose and resist it. All right, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, kind of, but I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, and, and I, and I want to tell you why, because I, I kind of agree with that. It seems like how I've made sense of this, that 
I'm not going to retaliate. And as I resist evil oppressing you, Linda, for example, I'm, I'm going to try to deal with it, though I don't want to deal with it evilly, right? So uh, I kind of hear him, kind of hear him saying that. Um, we live in a fallen world. That, that's the way we terminize it, right? We, we say fallen world, sinful world, and it does seem, does it not, that we need to find ways to control evil and manage our lives within the reality of this world in which we live. And we have a system of laws, right, with punishments to help guard the good folk from those who behave badly and to administer a, a sense of justice, restitution, when wrong occurs, we feel that that's correct. You feel that that's correct. Yet I think as disciples of Christ, we can't just leave it there. We can't just leave it like that. And here's why. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection is all geared to transforming people. And in so doing, and in so doing, actually transforming the world. I don't think he came to just give us a, a personal leg up in living among crumbums, in living in a fallen world, a, a special help personal help. He was after more than that, I think. We think. As disciples of Christ, we are challenged to find ways to build the momentum towards this new creation, to find ways to participate in the kingdom that is coming among us more fully and more fully each day and each month and each year. I think that's what discipleship is about. And so, I think we are to face the challenges of Jesus' words and search for ways in our world to stay true to those words, as hard as it may be. And we only violate them at last resort and with, with deep repentance. So I guess I would say we live with one foot in the world, picture it this way, and one foot in the kingdom. And with this one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom, we're, we're called upon to witness about the kingdom and help ourselves and those around us who are living with us or looking towards us to see what it's like to live in the kingdom and to grow more and more like a kingdom person, inviting them in the seeing of that to perhaps take that step themselves into the kingdom and experiment with what it's like to live in the kingdom. 
and with, with all the hope we can muster, hope that at some point we will actually have both feet in the kingdom. Retaliation does not witness to the grace and the love of the kingdom of God. Jesus is telling us that straight out. You're not witnessing to God. You're not witnessing to me. You're not witnessing to your better nature of the Judeo-Christian faith tradition by striking back at someone with the evil that has been administered to you. Transformative love that seeks justice and mercy and wholeness, well, that does, that does witness to Jesus in the kingdom. Following the teachings of Christ, being, being a Christian in this respect, as we're saying it, is, is not easy. I recognize that. You know, I, I sometimes want to swat my little three-year-old grandson. Stop kicking your grandma when she's trying to get your clothes on. Now, is, is that the right response of a loving grandfather? Is that, is that the right response of a, of a person living into the kingdom? Throttle that kid? I don't think so, but I know some people think so. Following the teachings of Christ is not easy, but, but maybe that's the whole point of it. What thing really is worth doing or what cause is really worth following if it's an easy thing? And now step back and, and in your reflection and, and realize that we're, we're talking about behaving personally in a way that will add up to, with the collective influence of others around us, to actually changing the world. So yeah, wow. I, I guess that wouldn't be an easy thing, would it? That would actually maybe be a tough thing. But oh so necessary, don't you think? Considering our life of faithfulness, we say it plainly. We are individual ethical agents. You and I, we decide how to respond. Can't blame anybody else. It's your life and you're making your decisions. We are responsible for our responses. And what are we to do when we face a wrong? Are we to return a wrong in like fashion? Or are we somehow to respond to that wrong in some other way? So we are called by Jesus to change the ways of the world and to respond not in kind to evil and misfortune, but to respond with loving, transformative compassion and help. Like Pastor Christie said, the bully needs some help. 
the bully needs some help. Now, you know, um, maybe, maybe from your own experiences, or you have heard of the heartbreak of domestic violence, right? We, we pretty much have heard about it, read about it, or maybe we've actually experienced it in our extended family or, or in our family. And it goes on from generation to generation. Abused child becomes abusing adult who then abuses another child who becomes an abusing adult and it cycles and it goes on unless somehow that cycle of violence is interrupted, is stopped, is broken. If that abusing adult can get help and can grow and can transform, he or, or she can break that cycle of abuse, can end the madness in that family. This is what Jesus is asking of us. Break the cycle of violence in the family, the human family. Stop the cycle of violence. Seek justice. Restore relationships without retaliation. Do it through the power of my love to change lives. Jesus teaches us in the context of an eye for an eye, and he says, you've heard it said, but I say to you, love your enemies. Do not retaliate evil for evil. And if you've read some of Gandhi's stuff, you know that he grabbed hold onto that, and he felt that was the kernel. This is the kernel of truth for us living in this globe. And, and he said, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And isn't that true? And so we, in our humble insights, we just say, let love lead. It's the way of Jesus in the words of our day. And it will transform you into a deeper disciple and will help do your part in breaking that cycle of violence and transforming the world. Good luck with it. We pray for each other in our efforts. Amen.